You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. One of the highlights of the financial services and asset management year in South Africa is the 91 Taking Stock Roadshow. It happens twice a year. It's obviously been affected by COVID and has had to be sort of adjusted in the last uh, 10, 11 months. But one of the highlights of the Taking Stock Roadshow is Jeremy Gardner's trip around the world. He's a director of 91. He's with me now, Jeremy I've just been looking at all the things that have been happening over the last nearly year. And I think to myself, you must have had to cull an awful lot of information uh, because there is so much going on. So much going on. I mean, aside from Jeff Bezos um, and Elon Musk, I think everyone's going to be very glad to see the end of 2020. And hopefully we'll never see another 2020 in our lives. And I don't think we will. I mean, this is a very extreme year, um, but just enormous amounts going on in the world. And everything changed from March. I mean, up until March, one had an, a sort of outlook for what was going to happen. After March, all bets were off the table and everything changed. Yes, it did. And I don't know whether it's just a moment in time, whether it's just a, a flash crash, but I do believe uh, that there will be profound implications in the future in the way that we conduct ourselves. But let's start uh, with your Around the World Tour in the United States of America, because that, goodness me, it's, it's almost taken on third world and developed world qualities over the last year. No, sure. I mean, the thing about that was, you know, you've got to actually feel for Trump. At the beginning of last year, no. he had a strong economy. He was the incumbent trying to get back into power. And in America, five out of the last six times, the incumbent plus a strong economy got reelected every time. And then along came a virus. So basically, he just had to cruise home. And then along came a virus in March. Unemployment went through the roof, the economy collapsed, and he was out at the end of the year. It was a fascinating election. I mean, it seems like so far in the past now, but I mean, a record turnout. So that's how much it meant to the Americans. Much, much more. I think Biden got 84 million. Trump got about 78 million. Um, you know, to put that into perspective, Hillary and Trump got 65 and 62 million back in um, four years ago. The problem is that Biden inherits a deeply divided America. The good news for him, though, is that the White House, the Senate and the House are all controlled by the Democrats, which is going to make decision making a lot easier. As for Trump, it didn't have to end that way. That is, that is a surprising thing. Had he just accepted the results, said, I'll be back in 2024, you know, he wouldn't be sitting in the position that he's in today, where he's got more impeachments than presidential terms, um, and he's banned from something like banned from Twitter, banned from a variety of other platforms, which is going to make it very difficult for him to come back in 2024, but not impossible. Let's talk uh, beyond Trump and look at the United States of America, look at the economy, which is still under pressure because of the weekly jobless claims numbers and that sort of thing, and GDP being under a wee bit of pressure. But you referenced a chap called Elon Musk and another chap called Jeff Bezos. Goodness me, they've taken advantage, haven't they? No, they've had, they've had a phenomenal year. And I think there was a problem with this pandemic is that some people were on the right side of it and some people on the wrong side of it through no fault of their own. It was just so bizarre that you can just find yourself polar opposite sides, um, as I say, through no fault of anything that you've done. But I mean, I think, I think America needn't have been in this way. Had Trump not been in denial when it came to COVID in the beginning, they wouldn't have had the numbers that they've had. And they probably would have had, could have had a better economic recovery. It's going to take longer now. Their numbers are coming down significantly now. And I think that's because the Christmas, New Year numbers have washed through the system. But also, um, people are adhering more to social distancing, wearing masks, etc. since Biden arrived. So I think that that's definitely helping. But I think on the whole, Biden presidency will be better for the emerging world, better for America, 
and better for the planet and certainly better for emerging markets. Okay, good. Let's go to Europe quickly, if we can, because Europe is different countries, different jurisdictions, different geographies are handling the pandemic in different ways. And I'm very, very encouraged to see the United Kingdom, which I still think is part of Europe, uh, doing very well. What is your assessment of Europe at the moment? Europe struggling through. Um, extended hard lockdowns. You know, it's obviously hit confidence hard. It's hit growth hard. Um, but the advantage Europeans have is that they can stimulate and they're going to stimulate their way out of this. Um, so second half of the year, should, you should start seeing a nice um, recovery coming there. Um, vaccines will help them. But interestingly, they're also late to the vaccine party, the Europeans. You would think with 500 million people, all the money in the world, that they too would have just been randomly buying up vaccines regardless of cost. But not so much. They, so they're running behind on the vaccine side. The UK, you mentioned that. That's the UK obviously got hit very hard health-wise and very hard economically. Um, once again, also largely because Boris was in denial from the beginning. He didn't want to lock people down. Football matches went ahead. Horse racing went ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, fifth highest death toll globally. But luckily for him, the vaccine delivery has deflected a lot of the negative attention that was coming the way of his government. And their vaccine delivery has been very, very efficient. Economically, they got hit very hard as well. Biggest slump in 300 years. Um, They're going to start, they now have a roadmap for unlocking. Um, It's going to take longer than people were expecting, right through until June, it looks like. They're still going to be under some form of lockdown. But certainly in the second half of this year, you'll start seeing a growth improvement, stroke surge coming out of the UK. Um, their vaccination efforts helping helping enormously. They're, they're, I think they're third in the world with that, which is very encouraging. Um, what hasn't been nice was to see all this talk about a South African variant in Britain. That worries me. Um, you know, British tourists are our biggest tourists. We need them desperately to resuscitate our economy. Will they come back here if they're told that their precious vaccinations are rendered ineffective via the disease in this country. So that that does worry me. And it's a pity that we had to get labelled with that, with that. But we'll we'll work through it. Yes, we will open up the borders, uh, have a, a massive campaign, spend some money, go on CNN and CNBC and all those and BBC and and put some advertisements on there because South Africa will bounce back. And I think that tourism is one of the bounce back ability factors. Let's have a look at South Africa now, if we can, uh, because South Africa is interesting. Because as we pre-record this podcast, Tito Mbueni, the finance minister, is shuffling a few papers and getting ready to stand up at the lectern and deliver a budget. Every budget is important, but this is a particularly important budget, and maybe it'll um, surprise us to the upside. Yeah, his revenue numbers have definitely been better than expected. Um, The question is, what does he do with that? He's going to come under increasing pressure from the public sector, unions with whom they've been very hard over the last six months, and we're intending to carry on being hard with. Hopefully it goes towards vaccines. Um, Hopefully we can use it for debt relief. Um, hopefully it doesn't go to state-owned enterprises that aren't going to make any money. But I think on the whole, um, South Africa have come through reasonably, well, not, we're not, okay is a strong word. We're still going to struggle like everybody else. And that is one of the benefits that I see when I get all the numbers every day from around the world. You can see that this is not a situation we've gotten ourselves into and now we're being punished for. This is something happening around the world, South America, North America, Europe, Asia, 
across the world. And we're sort of somewhere in the middle. Our growth numbers, for instance, are going to be better than expected. Last year, people were saying we were going to shrink between 8 and 10%. We're going to shrink between 7 and 7.5%. To put that into perspective, Britain shrunk 9.9% last year. So slightly better. The electricity remains a major constraint for us, um, particularly because all of the all of the work that should have been done, the maintenance work during the Zuma era that wasn't done is now being done. But I think certainly encouraging words coming from the chief executive saying that we will have load shedding all the time, almost every week up until April. But you should start seeing some sort of improvement after May and after September. Things should look quite a lot better. Um, does that mean that ESCOM is really going to be fixed? No, but it does mean an improved ESCOM plus alternate sources. Here we're speaking sun, wind, municipalities being able to buy from the private sector sector, corporates being able to create there, and that should see uh, the electricity improve, which will help a bit. You know, a lot of talk about us being behind the curve on the vaccines. Well, I'm afraid that is just the case. The rich countries bought up more than half of the world's vaccines because they can afford to. They could go and buy whatever they wanted, regardless of price. Um, we have to be a bit more careful. We've got to go and check out prices. Don't let me imply that there wasn't um, incompetence thrown into it. Um, we just were slow off the take. But if you compare us to emerging markets, um, we're sort of in the middle. Emerging markets on the whole seem to have been slow off the take with vaccines. So we'll, we'll, get ours, we'll get our vaccines. It's just going to take slightly longer than the rest of the world. We'll be about three, four months behind the rest of the world in this regard. Um, our problem is also that a lot of people in this country don't want to take the vaccine. I think the number's mm. sort of 55, 45 percent, 45 anti. But I think certainly what you're seeing at the moment is the entire developed world busy vaccinating. And so I think for people that are wary, and you, you're, people are entitled to be wary because this vaccine has been rushed through at speed, but I think you're seeing the, the entire developed world doing it. And I think you're going to see the developed world lift out of this thing quicker than those countries that are lagging as far as the vaccines go. And I think that'll encourage people well, certainly, to actually have. Well, certainly the market has got a vaccine because it's been going through the roof recently, uh, whether it be South Africa, uh, South Korea, Japan, New York, wherever yeah. it is, uh, it's been doing very well. Would you take a vaccine, Jeremy? Markets, I would certainly take a vaccine, but the market's very strong because the market is looking six months ahead. The market is looking at a world where people have been vaccinated, certainly the developed world, a world awash with liquidity and where a lot of the anxiety that we had in markets last year has dissipated. So there's no, there's no wonder that markets are happy and I think that'll continue for a while. Um, yeah, I think the, 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 the risk to this whole picture, which needs to be highlighted, is if the variant of the variants manages to outrun the vaccine producers. But at this stage, the vaccine producers seem pretty confident that they'll be able to address uh, any variants within about 40, 50 days with a, with a tweak to the vaccine. What I like from an emerging market point of view and a South African point of view in particular, we say that we've got a more diversified economy portfolio than we had 20, 25 years ago. The fact is that we are still a producer of commodities and the commodity price index, as compiled by Thomson Reuters, has almost doubled since April of last year. That's why the rand is so strong. That's why we've got this, as I say, parachute. We've got this cushion, and long may it continue. So we've had an intervention from the international markets and hopefully an intervention this afternoon with domestic fiscal and monetary policy. Sure, strong commodities, and there are a variety of different factors. Uh, current account surplus um, and 
I think most importantly is a calmer world. A calmer world because of a calmer U.S. president. It's not going to lead to so much anxiety. Um, uh, and the liquidity that he's going to pump into the system, probably double that what the Republicans would have done, which is good for emerging markets. So essentially, we've got a risk on environment and a risk on environment is good for emerging markets. And South Africa will get its share of that. Uh, the extent to which we get that is the extent to which we can rebuild confidence in order to get we'll get a bit of growth from a risk on environment, but we need confidence in this country. We need people to employ people. We need people to invest in their businesses and invest in the country. Um, and the only we can, way we can get that is if we get government to turn South Africa into an investment-friendly destination. They're yes. saying all the right things, but we need implementation now. Final question. It may be, you may not want to answer it, but what are you telling your clients at the moment? Are you optimistic? I think cautiously optimistic. I think compared to where people were this time last year, where this thing was just hitting and the world had no idea where they were going to go, and one sort of imagined this wasteland that would be South Africa um, a year into the pandemic. I think we're looking a lot better than that, uh, which doesn't mean it's not going to be tough for the next couple of years. Um, but I, I, think, I think cautiously optimistic and certainly a lot better than where we could have been. Jeremy, thank you so much for your insight. That's Jeremy Gardner, Director at 91 in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.